Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. So, I've, you know, pastor has been talking about stretching our faith, stretching, you know, stretching is the time to stretch. And uh, uh, Sunday when I was sitting, not this Sunday, Sunday before I was sitting there and I God told me that I was going to be ministering, and I thought, well, yeah, that's in December. You know, Pastor always tells us in December we kind of let us all share and develop our gifts. But I didn't know that Wednesday he was going to send me a text for today. So, you know, it was just a little bit, cut me a little bit off guard. But uh, I was thinking, the message he did that Sunday, that was the Sunday before, he was talking about that expectancy, the man at the temple, remember, when uh, uh, Paul and... Uh, John, they walk by and he says, silver and gold, I don't have, but what I have, I'm going to give to you. So that stayed on my heart and I kept pondering. He texted me. So stir me up. And then I started to look at other scriptures. That was before he texted me. So, but I started to look at other scriptures, you know, Bartholomew's, when, when the blind man, and he had that expectancy too. He, he come have mercy on me. And uh, there was expectancy in him. And uh, also the man at, at uh, the temple, he had expectancy. He was expecting something in, you know, when he addressed them, he wanted, he thought he was going to get money, but he got more than that. He got it, you know, he didn't just got the fish, he got the fishing pole so he can keep going on back and getting the fishes. Uh, so I started to think on that. And I was just really excited, expectancy. We always tell people, you know, when you go to church, you can't just go and, and sit down and let's see. Okay, God. You know, it's like the kids come to school and they sit and they say, I dare you to teach me something new. So, you know, that can be an attitude when we come to the house of God. We got to come with expectancy, you know, expecting, God, what are you going to teach me today? What are you going to uh, put, what demand are you going to put on me? Because every time I leave, I should go out of here challenged to do something. You know, I should be provoked to get into the scriptures. I should be, uh, you know, develop a, get uh, thirsty for going into the scriptures and digging and finding more about what pastor already shared. You know, go home, go over the scriptures, and then keep digging because God has something for me. You know, if not, I wouldn't be here. This is where God has placed me. This is where he has for me. So I, today, I'm just going to kind of pick up in the scriptures. I mean, we are at, at the time of Thanksgiving. And there's so many people that they're not thankful. So, and it's not, I mean, we know that is one of the signs on the end times. But there's people that are hurting out there. I mean, there's people out there that are in bad shape. And today I want to kind of, I'm not going to be long. I have really one main scripture that God, when I read it, it was like, it just penetrated my heart. And uh, I want to kind of challenge you. I hope that this word today, that, that scripture challenges you like it challenged my heart. You know, and how it rebuked me a little bit, got me out of my comfort zone a little bit. Okay, and uh, the scriptures, uh, I was thinking on Jesus. You know, Jesus always walked in confidence. Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew he had an assignment from God, right? Uh, in Luke 4, 43, it says that, but he said to them, and this is Jesus speaking, you know, he says, I must preach the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God to other cities and towns also 
for I was sent for this purpose. So one of the things I want you to think today is he knew he was sent for that purpose. What purpose are you sent forth? And there's going to be one, com one common calling for all of us, and it is to reach our neighbor, to reach the people around us. You may have another calling, and that's great, but there's a harvest out there. And this is not meaning anything wrong, but I've been doing the altar care, and I've got to say we haven't had too many people that are not safe walking through those doors. So I'm not saying that to judge you. I'm judging myself. Who am I inviting? Who am I not reaching out to? Am I being a light? If I'm a light or if I'm the salt, I should get people thirsty around me. You know, I've been too comfortable in my spot. So I'm sorry it doesn't sound too exciting. Uh, but... Okay, so Jesus had a purpose. He knew his purpose, whatever he walked, okay? Now, this is a scripture that got just, like, just jump off the pages of my Bible. And it says, it's in Luke four eighteen. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. And it was Jesus speaking. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Well, I can't say that the Spirit of the Lord is not just upon me, but he is in me now. Because we are in the New Testament, right? And we know now we have a better coming and with better promises, okay? John 14, 17 says, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knoweth him. But he says, but you know him. For he dwelleth with you, but he shall be in you. So we have the spirit of God not only upon us. In the Old Testament, only the priest, only upon the priest, the prophet, and the king. That's the only three people that the spirit of God will come upon. But in the New Testament, he is upon you when you are at Walmart. He is upon you when you are in the grocery store. He is upon you when you're walking around your neighborhood. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay? But I'm going to read you the scripture when it jumped. Because that one sounds good. But I'm going to read you the one that really, really touched me. And this one is in the Passion. And it says this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, okay? And he has anointed me to be. Oh, glory to God. He has anointed me to be, okay? Hope for the poor. Freedom for the brokenhearted. And new eyes for the blind. And to preach to prisoners, you are set free. So it jumped to me. He says, I am to be a hope, a hope for the poor. And I'm going to go over this scripture, and I'm going to take each one of them individually. And I promise I won't be long, but I hope it ministers to you. He says he is going to be, because now it's me. Jesus was talking about him. I am the spirit of the Lord is upon me. But now I'm telling you, the spirit of the Lord is upon you, and it's in you to do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. Does that mean that you have to stand with a microphone and speak to everybody? No. It means I'm going to share with the people around me. I'm going to talk to them about what Christ has done in me. I'm going to tell them, the ones that are poor. Poor, it could be materialistic, but it could also be poor in their oppression. 
poor on the things that are coming against them. It might be the person that sits next to you at church and don't look at anybody. But it could be your neighbor. You don't know. We all know how to put a pretty face and smile at church. But the Spirit of the Lord is upon you because he wants you to preach the gospel to the poor. The poor means the distress. But I'm going to go on and now and jump into the passion. The passion says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to be a hope for the poor. That word hope means expectation. I am about to be the expectation to the poor. Why? Because I can tell you, oh, you know what God did for me? You know that I was about to lose my car and God came through? You know that I just didn't have food on the table one day and you know what God did for me? You know that when I was crying in my room because I thought my kids were going to jail, you know that somebody knocked on the door and said, you know, I was thinking about you. Can I pray for you? I am the hope for the poor. I am hope. You know, but it's not that worldly hope that says, well, I hope it don't rain tomorrow. No, this is Bible hope. This is the hope that, you know, I know it's going to happen. I know because I know that I know that my God is going to do it for you. I am just expecting it to manifest. That's the hope that we are to the poor. And you know how many people around us need that? All you got to do is stand up. Stand up anywhere, just stand in a corner, even in a mall. Sit there, watch the people around you. Watch them, okay? Then uh, I was thinking, it says, I am the expectation, godly hope. Colossians says, Colossians 1.26 says, uh, to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentile, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is Christ in me, the hope of glory for those around me. Okay? Now, then it says, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He sent me. That word sent means set apart. You have been set apart, each and every one of you, for something special. It says to send out properly on a mission. That's why I was looking in my strong concordance. Okay, he's been set you apart for a mission. That mission might be, you know, sometimes we say, oh my, I hate it. I make it late to such and such a place. But you never know. Maybe at that time is the right person that you were set aside to talk to, to share the gospel, to bring the hope to that person. Okay, it says in here, he's set apart and it is to heal the brokenhearted. But you know, I was in brokenhearted, somebody in pain. I've been brokenhearted. I don't know about you, but I've been brokenhearted. And it's awful. It feels bad. But you know that word broken means to crush completely, to shatter. And one of my girls is right now completely shattered. So I know what being shattered is, what being brokenhearted is all about. And we have the answer, people. We walk around that knowing Knowing that we are the hope for that person standing next to us. That whole, oh yeah, we can't tell them, oh, tomorrow when you wake up, it's going to be awesome. That's not true. 
because we don't know. It might take two days. It might take three. I don't know. But I can tell you that if you hang on to the word of God, if you receive that word, if you take that promise, as pastor has been talking about the promises of God, and you hang on to it, and you don't let it go, and you do like the bulldog does, grabs the bone, and man, you might take my job, but you ain't taking that promise. I can tell you it will work. I can tell you he is able. I can tell you he can do exceedingly, abundantly, whatever I may ask or think according to the power that worketh in me. What's that power? The word of God. If I'm full in my vessel with the word of God, you better watch out, devil, because I'm not giving you a chance. You may come, you may try, but I'm going to hang on to that word. Okay? So I have been set apart with a mission to heal the brokenhearted. Then it says, to the passion says freedom for the brokenhearted. And I was thinking, freedom means a state of exception from the power or control of another. We can tell somebody, baby, you don't have to be no more in bondage to what the devil is bringing in your life. Sickness, disease, lack of finances, whatever it is, you don't have to stay under the bondage of that. You can be free. You can be exempt from that. Now, does that mean your life is always going to be butterflies? No. We're not lying, but we're telling them the truth. We're giving them the word of God. That's what we need to give them. Okay, so it says, whoops, my page don't go. Then it says we are to preach deliverance to the captives. Deliverance means freedom. We're to preach them freedom. Where to preach them pardon? How many people walk around feeling guilty all the time because they have not pardoned themselves? Hmm? It, says, it says in here, unfor, uh, for unforgiveness will also hold you down. Now, it says deliverance to the captives. You know what that word captives means in the Greek? It means properly a prisoner of war. All those people that are around walking in that bondage, they're prisoners of war. And we have the solution. We are, that's the, we're the army of God. We are. We are. We're in a war. We know that. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The strongholds might not be ours only. It might be the people that we work with. It might be our children sometimes. You know, we all got those little ones around. It says, to give recovery of sight, we are to lay hands on the sick. We know in Mark 16, 18. Then it says, to set at liberty those that are bruised. And I look at the word bruised. The word bruised means to oppress grievously. You know that mama that sometimes don't have enough to feed her kids? She's grievously. It says, to give pain, to make sorrowful. To afflict, to inflict pain on, it means to press with violence. And why I'm giving you all these descriptions? Because sometimes we get so caught up in our world. We go to church, we have our church family, and we don't remember there's what was before. We don't remember how the people might be struggling around us. I want you to, when you walk out of there, I want to challenge you to look around. See somebody around you. Pray, ask, Lord, Lord, lead me to that person. He said we're sent right? Like on a mission, ask him to send you to somebody. Somebody will be ready to receive what he puts in your heart. Okay. And you say, but what if they don't receive me? Well, they missed it. 
I did what God told me to do. That's all I'm required to do. I'm not required to respond for her. I'm not required. I'm required to do what God asked me to do. That's my requirement. The rest is not my problem. Okay, so then I have in here, uh, where is it? I read this last part from the Amplified in that Luke 4, 18. It says that we're sent forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down for cal- with calamity. Okay? Now, if you, I'm just going to give you some scriptures now because you might say, whoa, Myrna, you sound a little roughy there. I mean, this is supposed to be, in, we're at the core people. We're here on a Wednesday night, and you're kind of not making me feel too happy today. You know, you're just making me accountable for some things, and I don't know about that. But on the other token, you are ambassadors, okay? I want to link you to that. So, okay, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, upon you, for he has anointed you to do those things. But he didn't left it in there. He says, okay, now you are my ambassadors. In 2 Corinthians. Oh, sorry, is that the scripture? 2 Corinthians? Yeah. 2 Corinthians 5, in the verse 20, says, Now we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead to be reconciled to God. So, yes, God asked you to do those things, but he says, okay, you're going to go out, you're going to do what I asked you to do, but you are my ambassadors. You know what an ambassador is? If I am in this country, if I'm from the United States and I go to Russia, I can live like I live in the United States. I don't have to live like they live over there. I don't have to have their lack. So as an ambassador of Christ, no matter where I am, I have the rights. My citizenship is in heaven. So you are ambassadors. You are bringing to other people the beauty of being a Christian. You're bringing to other people salvation, which means deliverance, healing, You are bringing to them liberty because you have it, because you experience it yourself. You are ambassadors for Christ. Okay? It says, and then in the verse 19 says, you might still say, well, Marna, that sounds good. But verse up before that, verse 18, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is what having the spirit of the Lord upon you will do. You have the spirit of the spirit. Sorry, the ministry of reconciliation. Now it is up to you to go and reconcile. Jesus already did it. His blood was shed. But now we have to bring the world. Why? As we go out and we share the gospel to people. This is the best time of the year because people are going to be more, more, their walls are down and they will receive from you. They will be more open to say, oh, you know, yeah, I heard about that. Or my mama used to sing to me when I was a young kid. Okay. So you can now take it, be that ambassador, walk out there, carry that anointing that is placed within you and share with other people. You will be amazed what people will do when you share with them. Then it says, I have in here a scripture that says, we are sent. I already read it over there, but I'm going to go over this again. In Matthew 9, 37, he says, then says he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the labors are few. 
He says, pray ye therefore to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. That sounds good, right? Okay, I'm going to break it down a few seconds. Say, because it's really good. <laughs> I told you, you are sent, but it says in here, so pray to the Lord of the harvest in the Amplified to force out and to thrust labors into the field. That word sent in the Greek, it means to eject. It's like if you're in a plane and they eject you. So it says in here, pray to the Lord of the harvest, okay? Oh, that he will eject forth labors into his harvest. That he will drive out. That's what that word means. That he will expel. That he will pluck. So God is looking forward to eject you into the harvest. He said, look unto the fields. They're wide. They're ready for harvest. But he needs the labors. You are the labors. You are the anointed ones. You are the ones that carry the hope of glory within you. So he's saying, get up. I'm ejecting you out into the field, into the harvest. He is doing that for you. He says it means to push or drive with force. That's how important the harvest is for God. The harvest is his harvest. We're entrusted with the harvest that belongs to him. So we have to be sensitive to the spirit of God because we're dealing with his harvest. And I don't want to mess up the harvest, but I... I have that hope of glory within me. I have that anointing within me. I have the compassion of God within me. And I want to reach out to those around me. But we have to be sensitive to the spirit of God. Because if you reach somebody at the wrong time, you can ruin the harvest. But he says, I'm ready to, to pluck you, to eject you into the field. Are you ready to be ejected into the field? And it's not going to be in these four walls. Yes, we minister to people that come in here. But it's out there. It's when we get out there, outside of these walls, that's when we reach. That's when we're most effective. Because that's where people, they don't look at us and say, oh, okay, this person is just a religious fan. No, they don't. And they're not going to come here. Okay. So then, it says in here in, and you must say, well, I have my options. I can always say yes, and I can always say no, you know. I'm just a shy person. I'm so shy, and I always say that. I'm very shy. People don't believe me, but I am very shy. <laughs> okay? But <laughs> it says here in Mark 16, 15, and he said to them, Go into all the world. My message to you today says, go into all the world. He says, you are equipped. You have the spirit of God within you. I have anointed you. I have separated you for a mission. You have everything you need. I now need you to go into the, all the world. He says, I'm preach, I'm published openly. The good news, the gospel, the good news. The gospel is good news. The gospel is good news. He says, to every creature of the human race, we have to go out there, people. We don't have options. I mean, we're going to be held accountable for that time that he says, hey, Marna, tell this person this. And you say, well, Lord, I'm shy. Look, they just left. I didn't have time. 
I miss the harvest, Lord. I, you know, I was wailing. It's what my heart is wailing. I ain't going to work up there, people. That's not going to work up there. Okay? And yes, we want to see our church filled, but we want to we wanna go outside, throw out the net, and draw them in. And then if we don't see it at that time, maybe when they're here, the Spirit of the Lord will do the sweeping, and they will yield to that. Then I have one more thing. And with this one, I'll probably close. I told you I don't have a lot. Pastor Mark's not going to ask me to speak again. But don't tell him that I finish early. And as we go, 2 Corinthians 1, it says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comfort us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comfort to God. It says, who comfort us. He comfort us. Comfort us in all of our tribulations. And I'm going to read you the Amplify. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of sympathy, pity, and mercy. And the God who is the source, he is the source of every comfort, every consolation, and every encouragement. I don't know about you, but there are times I have been down. I have needed encouragement. But when I go in his presence, I get the encouragement I need because he is the God of all comfort. He says, who comforts, he consoles and encourages us in every trouble, calamity, and affliction, so that we may be also be able to comfort, console, and encourage those who are in any kind. So there's a purpose for him to comfort you. It's so you don't be selfish and keep that comfort to yourself. It's so you get out of the me, 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 I, 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 and think on the people around you. He says that word comfort means to call near. He says to call near, to beseech for. It means to entreat, to pray. He wants the comfort that he has bestowed upon you in those times when it was rough, in those times when maybe your husband was not home, those times when maybe your kids were acting crazy, those times when you don't have the food on your table, those times when you were sick. God says, I come for you there. I gave you. Now it's time for you to comfort those around you. And there's people in our church right here. I don't know if they're sitting here. God didn't tell me that, so don't go saying I know. But that might need that comfort. Might need that text. You know, hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I was thinking about you. I was praying, and your name came up to me. You know? Or a call if the person you got the phone number. Hey, I was thinking about you. I was praying for you. That's comfort. You know how good it is when sometimes somebody has sent me a text and I'm in the middle of my classroom and my kids are acting up and I just get that text all of a sudden I look at my, praise God, praying for you. That's all. But you have to be willing. This season, and I bring it back to you, this season is the season to let the God of all comfort comfort in and through you. This time is your time to reach out. Thanksgiving, Christmas, my goodness gracious, Christmas is coming. Christmas, when we remember the birth of our Lord and Savior. So my word for you today is I want to challenge you to look around. 
in your own time. Look at the people that God has placed in your atmosphere of influence. Which ones God has said, hey, minister to that one. And you don't have to go with a whole bunch of religions. You just have to say, you know, I appreciate you so much. That opens the door for tons of things. So please think about it. Go home. Meditate. Ask God. God, you have your spirit is upon me. Your spirit has anointed me to bring the glad tidings of the gospel, to proclaim liberty to those that are captives. Your spirit is upon me so I can comfort those that are on me. Show me who are that people. Praise God. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.